The aftermath of the Cardinals getting bounced in the first round of the playoffs begins. Today, we're going to sift through some of the comments, suggestions, and questions brought up by the Locked On Cardinals fans. We've got plenty of them to go around, and unfortunately, we got more games to talk about that the Cardinals are participating in, so let's see if we can come up with some answers on today's episode of Locked On Cardinals. You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern. I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, lifetime Cardinals fan, and I am your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals on Twitter. We want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe. Would love to have you on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. On YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Hit that notification button, let you know when uh, any new videos are going to go up. But the uh, liking and the subscribing on the YouTube, that's huge. Uh, appreciate uh, everybody doing that because uh, when you hit the like button, it helps other Cardinals fans see the channel, kind of puts it out there a little bit more. It's all like algorithms and stuff like that, things that are way smarter than me, but uh, it apparently helps. So uh, I appreciate you if you do that, like it and uh, share it. That'd be great. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans of baseball all the info about the birds on the bat. Now, one thing I think we can agree on, guys, is that sports could be a beautiful thing. It can be a beautiful thing. We as Cardinal fans have seen some pretty awesome moments over the years, especially in the postseason. The franchise has 11 world championships behind only the Yankees, who have friggin' 27 of them. Uh, they haven't won one or even been to one since 2009, FYI, just saying. But the Cardinals won their last one in 2011, were last in one in 2013 when they uh, lost to the Boston Red Sox. We don't have to talk about that, though. Uh, but we've seen some pretty cool moments over the year, right? Um, on this date, actually, October the 11th, Game 4 of the 1964 World Series went down. Ken Boyer, sixth inning grand slam off Yankee starter Al Downing, gives the Cardinals a 4-3 victory over the Yankees. The St. Louis third baseman is the second National Leaguer to hit a postseason bases-loaded round tripper and went on to win the series in seven games with the late great Bob Gibson taking the MVP honors in the series. He won two of the three games that he started and set a new World Series record by striking out 31 hitters in those three games. It's pretty good. Uh, 1985, you had the team tormenting Tom Needenfewer and the Dodgers with Ozzie Smith's left-handed walk-off home run in game five. Then you had Jack Clark rocking Needenfewer's world in game six with a three-run shot. And by the way, uh, if, if you go back and you look at the footage of that Jack Clark home run against the Dodgers in L.A., when was the last time, and it's something that caught my eye, because when I go down these little YouTube rabbit holes, if you will, and I look up like Cardinals videos and stuff from the past, I love doing it, but I lose like four hours of the day. <laughs> it's part of the reason why this is coming out so late, because I, I started going down and just looking at old videos and reminiscing about things that went on back in the 80s and the 90s. And anyway, um, but if you go back, game six, 1985, Jack Clark hits that home run off of Need and Fewer, Pedro Guerrero in left field grabs his glove and throws it on the ground in disgust. When was the last time you saw the entire dugout come out and 
greet a hitter who just hit a home run when it wasn't a walk-off home run. Like they still had, it wasn't like the game was over. They still had to finish that inning and they still had to, you know, get the Dodgers out and the whole dugout comes out there and is at home plate to greet uh, Jack Clark when he, when he ends up circling the bases. I think, uh, I think it was Willie McGee and then it was Ozzy and then Jack. And uh, I just, I don't remember seeing that. You just don't see that. I mean, you might like say there's a milestone moment. Somebody hits a, a historic home run. Sure. You'll get to see the guys out there, but not like that. You know what I mean? Um, Vince Coleman was out there hobbling around. Remember he got ran over by the, by the tarp. He was out there celebrating crazy scene. Um, we've had Pujols hitting bombs off of Brad Lidge and essentially destroying his life for a while there. Uh, he hit three home runs off the Texas Rangers in the World Series. Yachty's home run against the Mets, the strikeout of Beltron by Adam Wainwright. How about the ninth inning comeback against the Nationals in 2012 with huge names like David Descalso and Pete Cosma coming through in the clutch in that one? You guys remember that one? You know we just had a tough one against the Phillies. You remember that game for the against the Nationals? How do you think Washington fell? When Descalso and Cosma beat him. That's that's crazy. Uh, you got David Freeze going nuts on the Rangers in 2011 with the game-tying triple when the team was one strike away from losing the World Series, and then he gets the walk-off Thurman in the 11th to send them to the decisive Game 7. That game in particular, because it's one of the more recent ones, it was such a big moment. I remember being at a bar that night, and we were playing a game called Battle Shots. And if you're not familiar with it, it's uh, like the game Battleship, you know, the board game-ish type of thing. You suck my battleship. But instead of hitting a ship and sinking that ship, you end up hitting like a, 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 a it's it's like a ship, but it's got shots in it instead. <laughs> so, you know, I like it. You would have to take so many hits on your battleship before it got sunk. Well, in your little ship, you have shot glasses instead. And so you had to do shots every time you got hit. Oh, boy. I remember by the time we got to the freeze moment, the triple, we had stopped playing just to watch the final outs because I was I was depressed. You know, I, I'm playing this game and I'm drinking, but my team's getting just about to lose the World Series. And um, as soon as he tied it, my buddy and I, we were in the finals of this battle shots <laughs> tournament that was going on. And we ended up calling a truce. We slammed our remaining shots. We split the winnings. And then we watched the rest of the game, which obviously went over very, very well. This same bar, by the way, long after the World Series, series was over, uh, Arthur Rhodes came into this bar. Same place. And uh, this is a totally different random night. And we had drinks and stuff with them because uh, I had been hanging out with some people who were acquaintances of Arthur Rhodes. And I remember him saying goodbye to us that night. And we were talking about the game because he had pitched for the Rangers and the Cardinals that year. I remember talking to him about that. I remember him signing like a drink coaster for me. And it, he signed it both with the Rangers and the Cardinals. And we just, we had had a good time that night. And um, he says goodbye to us and he kind of walks off. So I turned my attention over to the group of people that we were with. And I'm looking this way. And out of nowhere, somebody smacks me right in the butt, like super hard. I turn around and it's Arthur Rhodes. Arthur Rhodes came back, smacked me in the ass as hard as I've ever been smacked or spanked in my life. And then just vanished into the night. And I've never seen him since. That was the only night we ever hung out. And that's how he said goodbye to me. I will always remember you, Arthur Rhodes, for that. Um, 
So those are some of the good memories about uh, baseball postseason stuff for the Cardinals. And at the same time, you know, sports can be an evil witch sometimes, too. 1985, again, Vince Coleman gets hurt, ran over by the tarp. Uh, Cardinals get to the World Series anyway without him, and then you get that ridiculously bad call by uh, Don Dankinger. Remember that? Against the Royals in Game 6 that led to the team blowing that game, and in the end, they lose the World Series altogether. Uh, Rick Ankiel, the Cardinals' top pitching prospect, one of the best in all of baseball at the time, gets the yips in uh, 2000 against the Braves. Cardinals sweep that series, but Ankiel's career altered forever. We never knew how good he could have been as a pitcher. Ended up coming back, being an awesome story to come back as an outfielder, but that sucked. Um, Colton Wong getting picked off to end game four in the World Series in 2013 against Boston. Mike Matheny putting Michael Waka in against the Giants. Hadn't pitched in, what was like, 20 days. Comes in, gives up a bomb. That's the end of it. Mike Schilt putting in Alex Reyes against the Dodgers. Um, we can chalk up the collapse on Friday in game one of the wild card series on the bad side of things. Two outs away from taking game one in the momentum in the series. The Phillies get six runs on three hits and just rip out the hearts of Cardinals fans and their players who hardly had a pulse in game two when they fell two to nothing to end their season and the careers of Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina, possibly Adam Wainwright. We covered all of that in yesterday's show, so no need to go back in depth on this one. If you didn't watch that show, go back, check it out. Pretty emotional show because I just, I, I, yeah, I'm still blown away that that happened to the Cardinals. I, I still can't believe it. But um, we got to move on. We got to turn our attention to the offseason. That's what the team has to do. It's what the players have to do. And that's what us as fans need to do. So now moving forward into this offseason, um, just to kind of give you an idea of what we're going to be doing here at Locked on Cardinals. We're going to be doing mailbag episodes at least once a week and perhaps even twice, depending on the the level of questions and interaction. You know, we're going to get news. Things are going to drop all the time. So uh, we'll have that. Besides, I like talking to you guys. You know, I like I like being able to interact with you on Twitter and on YouTube and, of course, on here. Uh, the the episodes themselves to, you know, to kind of go back and forth because you're not sitting in the room with me. But it's like we are when we get to do this stuff together and you know, it can be therapeutic. You know, we need each other in these difficult times as Cardinal fans. Um, once again, you can get your questions to me on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals or at JD sports radio. Feel free to DM or just write to me and for everybody to see it's whatever. It's okay. Uh, leave comments and discuss things in the comments section under our videos each day on YouTube. That's cool too. Um, we're going to be doing player grades, reviews, uh, I've got front office talk, payroll, prospects, team awards, free agency, winter meetings. We've got all of this stuff to keep us busy now that the team is done. And uh, we can also talk about the playoffs as uh, they roll on as well. So um, plenty of stuff to get to. Uh, let's jump into some questions next on Locked on Cardinals. But first, let's talk about how we can make you some money. A way to make a little bit of money and make other sporting events even more fun to watch and uh, pay attention to, and that's with BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for football betting info this season. You can find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, Boxing, and golf. You know, the playoffs are continuing, even though the Cardinals aren't in it, they are still going on. 
Yankees and Guardians. You've got uh, Phillies and Braves. You've got the Padres and the Dodgers and uh, the Mariners and the Astros. Put some money on them. See what, see what you got. Football-wise, obviously, the NFL, always king. It's going to be huge. Um, Monday night's game, wild stuff between uh, the Chiefs and the Raiders. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, wow, man. What a stud. I, I, I'm not so sold on this whole Raiders thing. What's that? They were they one and four now? And I think they're going into their bye week, but uh, things have not turned out the way they thought they were going to when they uh, got Devontae Adams from the Green Bay Packers in that trade. So um, week five's coming up. So uh, make sure you're, you're checking out all of the latest in uh, the under and overs and the spreads and everything. You can do that by going to betonline.net. Uh, head over there, or you can also use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Once again, we are drinking out of the Jason Voorhees mug today. Halloween time, man. One of my favorite times of the year. Usually it's good for the Cardinals because we're moving on in the postseason and doing something. I guess, I guess not recently though. Has been all that great. Been bounced in the first round the last couple of years. Not so exciting. All right. Let's not dwell. Let's move on. All right. Let's start with the questions um, for today. And I, I want to go into this one and because I get this one more than anything. And it's about the catching. Now that Yachty is done, what what do I think the plan is at catcher for next year? Now, we got a, a, a couple of different ways to, to, to go about this. These are the options, at least in my eyes, of what the Cardinals might do. Now, certainly going to be weird without Yachty next season. 19 seasons with the team. Some of our listeners and fans, they've, they've not known anything else but Yadier Molina behind home plate. And the Cardinals for a long time now have had a, a rich history of catchers. You know, he had Mike Matheny before Yachty. We've had guys like Tony Pena. Uh, what about Tom Pagnazzi back in the day? Remember Pags? Yeah, I won a couple gold gloves, didn't he? Um, but no Yachty next year. It's going to be weird. It's going to be really weird. We might not have a Wainwright either. Thinking about it, he and Wainwright have been the mainstays of this team for the last two decades. And no matter what happened each year in free agency, you could always count on seeing number four and number 50 at spring training, ready to go when the season started. And at least one and maybe both of them could be gone. Now, in case you missed the quote after the game two, uh, John Denton's article on MLB.com, Wainwright said, we'll see what happens. We should know pretty soon if something happens. If not, it's been a good run. And thank you, St. Louis. Obviously emotional after getting bounced. He didn't get the pitch in the playoffs this year, dealing with the arm stuff. So I... Again, I hope Wainwright comes back. I really do. Not just because I think he can still pitch effectively at this level. I mean, he was so good before September. But I want to give him the send-off that Yachty and Albert got. You know, he deserves it. I I want the fans to be able to say goodbye to Adam Wainwright in a proper way. I don't want it to be like this. You know, I, I want him to get a chance to be out there in front of the crowd and stuff and um, get his proper deal. He deserves it. But whether he comes back or not, he's going to be throwing to someone other than Yachty. And in my opinion, they need to go after someone else to team up with uh, Andrew Kisner uh, besides Yvonne Herrera, who is the Cardinals' top pitching prospect. He's their number seven prospect overall. Now, we did see a lot of Kisner this year. He appeared in 96 games and hit a whopping 215. Four home runs, 25 RBIs. And I know this position isn't all about offense. I get that. 
but you want something, right? I mean, it sucked this year. Yachty was not good. Let's be honest, okay? Love the guy. He wasn't good at hitting. Like, his, his hitting was brutal. Kisner wasn't much better. <laughs> Kisner's 13 years younger than Yachty or Molina. Nothing, um, nothing that Kisner did this year. I mean, he had his moments where he had a, a couple of hits and a couple of games in a row or something, but nothing ever jumped out to me and said, hey, if he was the main guy, we'd be way better. Uh, the write-up on Ivan Herrera is this. If you go to um, the MLB Prospects pages, uh, they have this written. St. Louis officials have long been enthused by Herrera's defensive growth and the work that he's put in on that side. His blocking has gotten better in the last two years, but there is still room to improve in that area. Once put on a throwing program by the Cardinals, Herrera now projects to have an above-average arm behind the plate. That being said, he threw out 18% of base runners trying to steal at Memphis. It's not all that good. I mean, we're used to Yachty. I mean, not many people aren't going to be as good as Yachty. Okay. But 18% is not very good at triple a Memphis this year. He did hit 268, six home runs, 34 RBIs. And he did all that in 65 games. Okay. So, uh, you project that out 62. So he times that all by three. So 18 home runs. Um, what is that? Almost a hundred RBIs. Like he's got skills. He does, but he's only 22. All right. So, or maybe he's 23 now. He's 22 or 23 now. But when he came up for a cup of coffee with the team this year, two for 18, eight strikeouts, just didn't look like he was ready. I think he could use another year down there at AAA. I really do. I personally hope, this is what I hope happens with the Cardinals, that they at least talk to impending free agent Wilson Contreras of the Cubs. Now, if you haven't heard the rumor, there was an article done by Gordon Wittenmeyer at NBC Sports, and this came out about a week ago. And uh, he sat down and talked with Contreras. And when asked whether or not Contreras had considered a move to St. Louis this offseason, Contreras stated that he would, quote, for sure. The 30-year-old catcher, easy for me to say, went on to say that he had reached out to his former Cub teammate, Jose Quintana, who was traded to the Cardinals at the deadline and was very complimentary of the team. Quintana looked like he loved it here. Contreras did go on to clarify that he still has no idea what will happen, but given the fact that St. Louis has been rumored to be interested in the Venezuelan native since the trade deadline, according to Wittenmeyer, and with Yachty gone, it makes sense that the team would be all about talking to him and entertaining this idea. He hit 243 this year, 22 home runs, 55 RBIs on a very crappy Cubs team, and for most of the season, he thought he was going to be traded. Until he wasn't. Like, he thought he was gone. Remember that emotional thing that, uh, what was it, him and Hap, Ian Hap? They both thought they were going to get traded at the deadline, and the Cubs didn't trade either one of them. And so then it was kind of awkwardly like, hey, we're back. Hey. Uh, he didn't play much in September. He was hurt. But um, 22 bombs, 55 RBIs, and five months of a season. I'll take that. Uh, the thing is, will his price tag be too much? Will someone swoop in? and overwhelm him. He's a three-time All-Star. Again, 30 years old. I'm a guy who would be willing to think about five years with a Contreras right there. Um, but as Cardinals fans, we tend to get our hopes up about free agency. We're like, ooh, he would be a great fit, and then nothing happens. <laughs> the Cardinals get outbid. We're used to it. But this is such an important position, and we've been so spoiled for so long that I, I just I can't bear to think of seeing a Kisner and an Austin Romine type of veteran 
teaming up as the battery this year, you know, to, to be with our pitching staff. I can't see that. I don't want that. No, thank you. Another option we've discussed is the Oakland A. Sean Murphy. Won a gold glove last year. Hit 250, 18 home runs, 66 RBIs this season for a crappy A's team. He's younger than Contreras. He just turned 28 a week ago. He is not a free agent, though. You'd have to trade to get him. And he is arbitration eligible. He made just $725,000 this year. Pretty cheap. Estimated he could get through arbitration about $3.3 million. It's probably going to be cheaper than Contreras. Uh, the A's hate paying people. Their top prospect was a catcher, Shea Langoliers. I think is how he pronounces it. Um, he got called up this year. He's going to be 25. He's going to be cheaper. So what would it take to get Murphy out of Oakland? That's the question. I'm sure there's other teams that are going to be trying to do the same thing. But the Murphy route seems like more of a cardinal thing to do. Doesn't seem that way to you guys? Like making a big splash in free agency and paying a lot of money doesn't seem like the thing that they would normally do. Not saying they won't do it, but it doesn't seem like a normal cardinal thing to do. The Murphy thing seems more like their style. They they already have a rapport with Oakland making trades over the years. Maybe you flip some prospects like Burleson, uh, Moises Gomez, who led the minors in home runs this year for Murphy. Sign him to a new deal that would be cheaper than Contreras. If I'm the Cardinals, I'm exploring both of those options. If I'm them. Uh, another question I get a lot is, who is the starting outfield next season if everyone is healthy? This was a real issue this year, outfield-wise, because of health. And I brought this up the other day, how crazy it was that going into the season. You, th- you thought you were stacked in the outfield. Gold Glover, who got MVP votes in left field, and Tyler O'Neill. Gold Glover, fan favorite, Harrison Bader in center field. And right field, switch hitting, gold glove caliber outfielder, future star in your eyes, and Dylan Carlson. And then when it came to playoff time, only Carlson was still playing for the Cardinals. And you had guys like Dickerson, Dupar, Yepes, Deluzio, all getting action in the outfield. Injuries obviously derailed O'Neill's season. He had issues with his shoulder in May, hamstring in June, legs again in July, then neck and hammy again in September. He appeared in just 96 games. He had 228, 14 home runs, 58 RBIs, 14 stolen bases. The talent is there. And you know I'm a huge proponent of Bro-Neal. I love this dude. But will his body allow him to play a full season? He's only done it the one year. 2021, and he crushed it. Hit 286, 34 home runs, 80 RBIs, 15 stolen bases. Gold glove defense, he's won two of those now. He'll be back again next year, and let's just hope he can stay healthy. But he's your starting left fielder. After trading Bader, Carlson takes over in center. Outstanding defensively. Didn't skip a beat, losing Bader and having to switch over to Carlson in the outfield. But he regressed big time at the plate from last year. Last year, he hits 266, 18 home runs, 65 RBIs. This year, 236, 8 home runs, 42 RBIs. And that's in just 21 less games. It's not like he missed a month and a half of the season. Like 21 less games, and his numbers were that far down. Uh, he was terrible as a left-handed hitter, hit just 207 against righties, and eventually you had O'Neill having to play center field instead of Carlson against righties. They had Dickerson starting in left field, and then new bar and right. Like Carlson wasn't playing anymore. He's got to turn this around. They're going to give him a chance to. I have no reason to think that they would. Right field, uh, I- I'm looking at a new bar Yepes kind of platoon. I don't think Dickerson is back. 
If you don't trade Burleson, obviously Alec can slide right in there as the left-handed hitting outfielder to take over for Dickerson. Uh, you've also got Jordan Walker to think about. If he's tearing the cover off the ball at AAA, bring him up if others are hurt or struggling. Uh, Moises Gomez, who I mentioned after clubbing a record uh, 39 home runs in the minors this season, he's 24 years old. If you're going to put him up on the 40-man roster, which, uh, again, I think they have to do that after about a week after the World Series concludes, that's their timetable. Um, if they decide he's worth keeping, which I hope they do, he hit 39 home runs. It's not just something to just sniff at. Like, it's not. <laughs> it doesn't happen normally. It's a record for your franchise. He could be someone they use while Walker stays down at Memphis. Free agent wise, Aaron Judge, sign me up. <laughs> That'd be nice, right? But uh, not likely. That's not something that's probably going to happen. Uh, Jack Peterson is available again. I know a lot of people thought he would be good in a Cardinals uniform, but I, I don't know, man. Seeing interviews with this guy, I feel like he'd be a weird mix in the clubhouse. Seems kind of like a, an odd, flaky dude. Maybe he's not. Maybe it's just the way he comes off in certain interviews. Remember he got slapped by former Cardinal Tommy Pham over fantasy football? Like, that's just weird. That's that stuff that happens to the Cardinals. So I don't know about that one. Uh, Michael Conforto is a name. Sat out all year with a shoulder injury, but had some good years with the Mets from 2017 to 2020. Uh, I think he's 29 years old now. Perhaps a dark horse guy there to think about. But uh, you mentioned you, you mentioned you hear all these names that the Cardinals already have in house. I think that's kind of where they're at with this. They might sign a veteran of some sort, like they did with Dickerson, but I, I wouldn't expect any splash moves that way. Um, as painful as it is, let's talk to playoffs next. We've got some former Cardinals in the mix that I still want to bring up. We'll do that here on uh, Locked On Cardinals. All right, so we've got uh, Harrison Bader, who we just talked about a little bit. Matt Carpenter, still in the playoffs, not with the Cardinals, obviously. They're now Yankees. They begin their playoff run on Tuesday night against the Guardians, and I know it might be blasphemy to root for the Yankees, but it's a part of you want to see Bader and Carp do pretty well on this. Now, Bader hit just 217 with New York in 14 games after he came back from that Liz Frank injury. Carp also on the ALDS roster, DJ LeMayhew. Dealing with toe inflammation. I guess that was a problem for him in the second half. So, uh, Carp on the roster, not starting on Tuesday night from uh, what I read earlier. Uh, had a heck of a year before he fouled that ball off and broke his foot in the early parts of August after he played in St. Louis. I think it was the next series he broke his foot. 47 games with the Yankees, hit 305, 15 home runs, and 27 RBIs. Dude was stinging it. And then, bam, he goes down, which was unfortunate. So, I'll be rooting for. Uh, both of them, more specifically for Carpenter and that cool mustache. I just like the fact that Carpenter bounced back. It's a good story. Uh, Phillies beat the Braves today to take a one nothing lead. Jumped out to a big lead early. Held on in that one, 7-6. to six. Mariners knocked around Verlander today. Padres and Dodgers are tonight. But I think a point for the Yankees and the Mariners, the American League. And in the NL, I mean, there's nobody I like, but... Padres as the underdog knocking off the Mets. And then uh, if they can take out the Dodgers, that'd be kind of a cool story considering they don't have Tatis Jr. That was a lot of drama this year. So, but 
more specifically, I, I'm interested in the Cart Bader thing with the Yankees. That's where uh, my attention will be. Uh, thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen today. I appreciate it. Now make your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan. He brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. As always, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Hit the notification button so you know when we're Going live, if we ever decide to do that or post new videos, follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You are the best fans of baseball for a reason. I know we're all sad, but we're going to get through it. I promise. I'll see you next time right here on Lockdown Cardinals. 